Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the Fight Podcast, Sergio Vicente. Mm, mm. Yo, yo! Yo! Welcome to the Fight Podcast, the weekly combat sports and culture podcast. I'm Serge Vicente, and we have a great show for you today. Today, we talk more UFC 229 backlash, how DC's hands doing prior to his short notice fight, and all of this week's important fight news. We also talk PFL 10 middle and welterweight tournament, and so much more. Remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show by checking me out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. We're on iTunes and SoundCloud. Subscribe, listen, rate, and don't forget to purchase merch. All right. What up, what up? I hope your guys' week is going great. Um, it's a beautiful but, you know, super chilly day here in Chicago. If you haven't already, make sure you check out our last episode, episode 38 of the Fire Podcast. We have a great convo with prospect Jake Pila, who's preparing for his pro debut. He has a great convo. This dude is going to be really, really solid. He's going to have a great career, so you should make sure to check that out. But... This week, there is another, man, we've had so many just great fight cards from boxing to MMA, UFC, Bellator. Everybody's had their turn to have an amazing card. And yo, this is just another weekend with it, man. PFL has an amazing event this weekend. We're going to go ahead and break down everything going on with the PFL. Um, but there is so much still going on in fight news this week. So you know what? Let's just go ahead and jump into it. I'm not going to play around. Um, we're going to go ahead and start with a little bit of boxing. Boxing news. Big news coming from Matchroom uh, Promotions. Dazen and Eddie Hearn, who is the promoter of fighters, just like or specifically Anthony Joshua, who's one of the biggest named, if not the biggest boxer in the world right now, um, heavyweight champion. We have Danny Jacobs, middleweight king, Demetrius Bubu Andraj, who is fighting on Dazzin's platform this weekend and should get relatively a easy W, um, as well as Jarrell Baby Miller. Um, just name a few. Eddie Hearn has done it again. Since HBO, and I talked about this last week, after their 45 years with boxing, 
They have officially ended their boxing contract. And all of their people are pretty much free agents. Who was and who is HBO's biggest free agent? That will be Saul Canelo Alvarez. And Canelo Alvarez just signed a huge deal with um, Dazen and Eddie Hearn and match, uh, at uh, Matchroom um, Promotions. And here's just a little bit of the details. In a record-shattering deal finalized early Wednesday morning, so that was what, uh, Wednesday the 16th, which was yesterday, Canelo signed a five-year, 11-fight deal worth a minimum of $365 million with Dazen, which actually just launched here in the States this past September. Canelo's deal is the richest deal out of any athlete's contract in sports history. That just passed up. Check this out. That $325 million $5 deal just passed up the New York Yankees stud. Actually, I don't know if I can call him a stud, man. The Yankees fans are kind of pissy with him right now. But Giancarlo Stanton signed in 2014 uh, with the Marlins. He signed a, a huge deal. But this deal surpasses that deal. This is a $325 million deal. Five-year um, Oscar De La Hoya, who is obviously Canelo's extremely happy promoter and manager, uh, just said Canelo is the highest paid athlete in the world, and he's extremely happy. Yeah, no kidding. $325 million would make me really happy. Uh, <laughs> um, it, it, there is that um, comes off of which I'm not going to lie. Um, look, get your money. I think this is a huge deal. And this solidifies Dazen. If not the largest, they're right behind Showtime Boxing in having star appeal. And let's be very honest. They have the top two draws in boxing currently. Anthony Joshua was the number one draw in boxing worldwide. The number one draw in boxing here is Canelo Alvarez. And now they have both. That is huge. That means Canelo is going to be a bigger name now in Europe, specifically in London and in England. And those of us who have not been there and have not paid attention to the boxing scene across the pond, they know and appreciate boxing more than we do. I'm not going to stunt. They do. So the fact that now they're actually really promoting Canelo Alvarez over there is going to go ahead and show and prove how big he is on the world stage. Now, they went ahead and also uh, signed Canelo, and he is going to fight um, already. And let me just pull up this dude's name because um, I wanted to make sure I have this right. He is fighting a tall, rangy. He's fighting the IBF middleweight champion who is not. Oh, he, he is fighting. That is not his name. Give me a second. Ah, there it is. I knew he was. It, of course, had to be with Britain. <clears throat> um, he's fighting Britain's Rocky Fielding. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
Britain's Rocky Fielding, he's a solid competitor. He's very tall. Canelo Alvarez only walks around probably about 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, um, eh, I'll give him 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, uh, and Rocky is a legitimate 6'1", um, 6 feet 6'1". So you were looking at the height differential. I still see this being easy work for Canelo Alvarez. Um, I will break that fight down the sooner uh, or the closer that we get to it. But look, man, this is a huge deal for Dazzin. This is a huge deal for boxing. And um, hey, we will continue seeing amazing fights on Dazzin's platform. Um, they have a huge fight this weekend. Um, it was supposed to be Demetrius Andrade fighting against um billy joe saunders but as i talked about last week i believe it was episode 34 or 35 of the podcast we went ahead out um billy joe saunders who is an incredible fighter in his own right he pissed hot um he popped for uh, some sort of performance enhancing drugs so he would not be competing but demetrius saunders took a you know a fight on short notice and he's still gonna compete so kudos to him um I'm excited about that. But with that being said, that's all the boxing I want to talk about. Boom. Let's go ahead and hit MMA. MMA fight news of the week. Um, so there's so much fallout coming from the UFC 229 melee, right? People have been suspended. Canelo, or not Canelo, I'm sorry. Khabib and um, McGregor are going to get fined and there are going to be a lot of different things that happening um with this fallout but um Khabib's teammate Tuvanov was pulled he was part of the post fight brawl and I'm not even going to say brawl he, he threw like a punch after he got swung on so whatever but he has been taken out of the fight Dana White has said he is going to cut him specifically. And that is who Khabib said, if you pull Tumanov, I am out too. So with Tumanov being pulled, Artem Lobov, Conor McGregor's teammate and best friend, didn't have a, an opponent for his fight card for his fight night, UFC 138, um, on Mock in on 1027 later on this month. Me personally, they should have kept him on. They could have sold that fight night even better. This is Khabib's best friend against Connor's best friend. We could have continued the narrative if that's what they actually wanted. But they didn't do that. Tumanov was taken off the card. Artem Lobov looked like he wasn't going to last. What ended up happening? Short notice, here it comes. UFC actually did something right. Michael the Menace Johnson is coming in on short notice to um uh to compete on that card. It should be entertaining. Artem uh, Artem Lobov, he's a solid competitor. Will any of us ever say that he's a great or a top 10 top 15 guy? Nah, never that. But he's competitive. He's entertaining and he's willing to throw. So is Michael Johnson. This fight should be fun. I'll tell you already, 100%. I see Michael Johnson starching him probably in the second round. I think he's far more well-rounded. He's more explosive. And he's the naturally larger guy. So this should be a pretty easy win for Michael Johnson. But good 
fill in for the UFC. It should be entertaining, but I will stand on this. They should have never taken Tumanov off that card. Um, and I still think they need a lot of work to do uh, on that. On to the next one. Um, sticking with all the stuff going on with UFC 229, Bellator has been wrapped into the UFC madness. Not only do we have Dylan Dennis, who is a Bellator fighter, being at the center of what was actually going on. You got 50 Cent now, who's out here tweeting and talking to Khabib in particular. And we talked about this last week when we said how 50 Cent went out there and offered Khabib two milli to go ahead and leave the UFC. He said, don't worry about Dana White. Don't worry about the lawyers. I'll take care of all that. I'll give you $2 million if you come over here to Bellator and compete. Now, I, I noticed a lot of talk on the internet. A lot of talk on different podcasts. And people seem like they're like, oh, yeah, this could happen and he should do that and could be forget those guys and blah, blah, blah. Look. The UFC. Is not going to allow Khabib to leave after he just completely destroyed their number one draw. They will do everything in their power to make sure he stays in our next story. In a moment, we'll talk about that now. Prove that. But Bellator president and CEO, um, Scott Coker, he wanted to distance himself from 50 cents, $2 million contract, $2 million contract offered to Khabib. So the rap mogul 50 Cent recently offered Khabib two milli to come to Bellator. But CEO Scott Coker, he put the brakes on it. Scott Coker said, and I quote, I told him, hey, let's just stay clear of this because that has nothing to do with Bellator. It has nothing to do with it has to do with the commissions and the, the fighters and the league. So that's their business. I think what he means by that is like him as a manager, 50 Cent, when he's talking to an athlete that has nothing to do with Bellator, I can't tell 50 Cent what to say or not to believe, what to say or not to say, believe me. And 50, and uh, should I say Scott Coker said that to MMA Junkie um, in one of their interviews earlier this week. Look, I'm with Scott. Scott's like, look, man. I have nothing to do with this, but don't get it twisted. If he has an opportunity to grab Khabib, he 100% will. It was just interesting that 50 Cent's putting his nose in here. And I just want people to know, yo, 50 might have had the hashtag get the strap deal with uh, Bellator. And he's out there giving everybody champagne and all this other stuff. But that is pretty much where 50 Cent's MMA promotion and MMA reigns, especially when it comes to Bellator lasts. That's it, man. He has no power. This is just fun. This is marketing. And this brings eyes and ears to 50 cent. And this continues enriching him. So look, I'm not mad at the idea, but this isn't really a story, man. So on to the next one. 
And this shows, and this story in particular, to me, shows how the uh, the UFC itself is really, really, really trying to make sure that they make Khabib happy. So, this week, it was reported um, Khabib has been on a number of different shows when it comes in Russia since he's been back um especially after i mean he's the biggest star out there so after all the melee and the nonsense and the craziness not only he's been talking a lot to the press out there so is his family and friends his uncle was recently on some ukraine based show um out there and um he said khabib wants tony ferguson and then he's going to retire not only that, his uncle also said that Khabib turned down a $15 million payday offer from the UFC for a Conor McGregor rematch. So let me go ahead and jump into this. Khabib's uncle, Alex Nurmagomedov, according to his interview published by Russian website Sports Express, said that Khabib was offered $15 million for an eventual rematch with McGregor. But is not interested. Khabib instead says he wants to fight former interim lightweight champ Tony Ferguson, and then he wants to close out his career. From the start, they said right after the event, the UFC offered uh, Khabib $15 million. So let me go ahead and jump back really quick. I don't know if you guys know this, and this is why it was such a big deal that 50 Cent was talking about $2 million. That was what Khabib's contracted purse was for UFC 229. So think about this. How big of a star do they think Khabib is if they are willing to literally quadruple what they originally were going to offer him. Man, it's more than that. I'm not a math guy. Whatever. That's all it is. But they're going to really give him 15 milli for this. And he turned it down. This is also something else that's interesting. They continue talking about Khabib and retirement. Two weeks ago, Brendan Schaub's show, Below the Belt on Showtime. That podcast, uh, Josh Punk Thompson, one of the greatest lightweight fighters of all time, fights out of AKA. He is currently a Bellator. He was also a former Strike Force champion. He's a Bellator commentator now. He's since been retired, but he's currently a Bellator um, uh, commentator. And he's also a teammate of Khabib. He believed, and he said on the show prior to UFC 229, he believed that Khabib was going to win the fight against Conor and then retire. So retirement is something that's really in Khabib's head. So I'm going to call this out right now. One of two things are going to happen. That rematch with Khabib, unless they throw him an ungodly amount of money, I don't see that happening. 
I do see Khabib competing against Tony, and he might ride off into the sunset. I think that's super interesting. Man, um, but uh, good for him, man. Get your money. Last thing I want to talk about, and I know, I know, I know, there's been so much um, stuff about the UFC. I mean, this fallout for UFC 229 has been crazy. Everybody's still talking about it. Um, I mean, dude, it, this is just like... I mean, we're going to be talking about this months later. Just like you got Drake on LeBron's show, The Shop, four months afterwards talking about Pusha and, and Kanye and the beef. And then you have Push coming on <laughs> Joe Budden's podcast talking about this four months after the fact. This is the exact same stuff that's going to end up happening with this uh, kind of Khabib stuff. We're going to be talking about this for a very long time. Um, last thing though, I'm going to say about the UFC 229, and I found this to be really interesting because everybody after UFC 229 was talking about, oh, Connor looks so flat. Connor must've been injured. Connor must've, all the Connor apologists were out. It hadn't have been in full effect ever since the fight has finished, even to the point where there have been polls out on MMAJunkie.com and other couple of different sites and publications. 60% of individuals before the fight thought the, uh, that Khabib was going to win. 40 said they thought that Connor was going to win. After the fight, if a rematch happens, who do you think is going to win? 60% still said Khabib, 40% said Connor. So obviously, Connor McGregor's fans are apologists and Connor McGregor fans. I'm not talking about MMA fans who are fans of Connor in the cage. Because I'm a fan of Connor's skill set. I think he has an incredible skill set. And I think he's an incredible talent. I think he's a bit overrated. But I think he's an incredible talent. And he's the best salesman that we've ever seen in combat sports. I give him that. But when it comes to X's and O's, he's not the best. So I've seen all the apologists out there. And I wanted to bring this up because if he won, this is something that people would have brought up if you were Khabib fans. So, we all know Khabib has had issues with weight cutting. It has recently been reported that Khabib revealed also in an interview in Russia that he suffered seizures before UFC 229 weigh-ins. The Eagle recently spoke with the Russian, the Russian's main state-owned television channel. Oof, that freaks me out just saying it. Um, fascism, folks. Um, it says, I slept very well on the day before the fight because the day before that, I didn't sleep well at all. I had a serious weight cut. I made weight seven hours ahead of time. I had seizures. I threw up. Even though I didn't have anything inside of me, I felt really bad. I probably wouldn't tell about this if I didn't win the fight because it would sound like an excuse. 
You are absolutely correct, sir. Everything turned out well. I won. But I just wanted to tell you that I felt pretty bad. This isn't the first time that Khabib has had issues with seizures prior to a weigh-in. We all remember the Terror Masu card where he was originally slated to go ahead and fight um, Tony Ferguson for an interim title originally. Actually, it was for the number one contendership at the time. He was on embedded. He was eating tiramisu and he missed weight. He ended up having a seizures. So the fact that he has seizures prior to this event, the fact that he still competed and still dominated the way he did says a lot to me about the mental makeup of Khabib. So salute to him. And guys and girls, whomever's listening, <laughs> I truly, 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 truly think we need to fix MMA, combat sports, MMA in particular, needs to fix the weight cutting issue. It's no bueno, man. It's not. Look, I've said it before on this show. I only was doing amateur fights. I only had a couple amateur fights in my, in my quote unquote career. And I ended up cutting like 25 pounds to make weight. And I wasn't really even getting paid. We have hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line. And these guys and girls are cutting extremes amounts of weight and putting their lives on the line. But we're refusing to add weight classes? What? Why would we refuse to add weight classes? Look at all the weight classes that boxing has. It's like every five to ten pounds. Why don't we do that? 145, 155, 165, 175, 185, 195, 205, 225. Then you'd go heavyweight, super heavyweight, up to 265. It doesn't make sense that the UFC does not do that and MMA doesn't do that for a couple of reasons. One, more weight classes means you have more belts. More belts means you can sell more championship bouts. If you can sell more championship bouts, you can make more money. More champions equals more revenue for the promotion. Why are they not doing it? Why are they fighting against it? The idea that, oh, we would deplete the other weight classes, 170 and 155, we would deplete those weight classes where people try to fit up in between. That's not true at all. 155 and 170 are by far the most stacked weight classes in all of MMA. Because that's where most of us walk around at. Most grown-ass men in the world, especially grown-ass men who compete, are walking around around that weight, that size. Anywhere between, let's say, average height is what, 5'8"? 
You got dudes between 5'7 and 6'2 who weigh between 145 pounds and like 200 pounds. That's like the normal dude in the States walking around. And that's why those weight classes are stacked. Look at the Bellator Welterweight Grand Prix right now. Their welterweight tournament and their welterweight weight class is arguably better than what the UFC is currently has. And their welterweight weight class is stacked. So don't tell me that you can't have more weight classes. You're putting these fighters at risk, man. We are. Why are we putting these fighters at risk? Bump everybody up a weight class. One championship is actually doing this right. What they do, they do hydration testing. If you have... If you are at a point and you have hydrated too much, all of a sudden, they, I think they actually uh, check you out in between uh, camp and they say, oh, well, look, man, you you're not you're dehydrated. This is where you need to fight. They made their champions move up weight classes because they want people to fight at the best of their ability. One FC. The fighting championship out of Singapore, I'm a huge fan of. They have a free app. If you haven't had an opportunity, check them out. Some of their fighters from their every weight class, stacked, man, stacked. And I'm going to talk about 1FC in a second. They just made one of the biggest, if not the biggest, free agent acquisition they have ever had in the, the history of their promotion. And I'll talk about that in a moment. But um, let me just finish up with my thought with uh, weight cutting. This shouldn't be happening. We shouldn't have our stars having seizures before fights. We shouldn't have Max Holloway looking all loopy and whatnot, dropping out of fights because of weight cutting, man. It's an issue in the sport. It needs to be addressed, and we can fix this right now if we add weight classes. And then if you add weight classes, you have more super fights. I don't see the rationale of not adding more weight classes, but I digress. All right, jumping in. And I was just talking about with one championship. Eddie Alvarez, the free agent. Widely regarded as one of the top five athletes in the lightweight division, regardless of promotion. Unfortunately, lost his last fight. Unfortunately, fortunately, depending on who you are. Lost his last fight to Dustin Poirier in his last fight um, of his UFC contract was a free agent. He is currently ranked number five in the UFC's lightweight division. And this, before I let it, I'm going to go ahead and let Eddie actually um, say what he has to say. moment of truth has arrived i know you heard the rumors and they are true we got our official contract from 1fc and we're all signed up i want to thank Boyd pearson my agent at balangy group he did an amazing job uh could have done any better to be honest with you <laughs> um i want to thank matt hume for bringing all the parties together uh the legend call me calling Boyd. Uh, being patient with us, uh, taking our time with this, and making sure, you know, we were happy with everything that went went on. And I want to thank Chatri and all the people at One FC, super professional, 
this couldn't have went any smoother. Uh, didn't take too long. Everybody's happy, and um, I'm super excited. The Underground King is coming to One FC, and in preparation, I left that shelf there empty. You guys know what that's for. I'm coming. Get ready. All right. So what he was showing at the end was um, all his championship belts. And if those of us who don't know anything about Eddie Alvarez, Eddie Alvarez, the underground king, is one of the greatest lightweight fighters of all time. He has won championships with the UFC, with Bellator, with Dream. Those are three of the largest promotions ever. And he's won championships with all of them. In fact, he's also won championships with Bodog, which was one of the first organizations that he's ever competed in. So he has literally won a belt in every organization that he has ever been a part of. Eddie Alvarez is one of the GOATs, guys. And uh, if you don't notice or recognize that, you need to really start paying attention to MMA for real. Um, dude is a beast. Uh, like you said, Chatri, the owner, the CEO of 1FC, kudos to you. This is a multi-fight deal. Eddie Alvarez probably will get a title shot right off the bat. And honestly, I think he'll win that as well. Um, Eddie Alvarez is a monster. Um, Boricua stand up out of Philly. So uh, do you think, man? Really, really dope. Um, congratulations to Eddie Alvarez. I'm sure he'll end up finishing his career with 1FC. And um, he should be in everybody's Hall of Fame. All right. Before I jump into the next little bit of fight news, um, before I break down PFL 10, remember... The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember to follow The Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show by checking me out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Purchase merch today. All right. A uh, little bit more fighting news we have coming up, and we're heading back to the UFC. Daniel Cormier, the champ champ. Daniel Cormier is the UFC's heavyweight champion and also the UFC's light heavyweight champion until John Jones and Alexander Gustafson um, step in the cage and throw the first punch in their fight in UFC 231, I believe, in December. Daniel Cormier is defending his title in less than 30 days at UFC 230 in uh, New York at Madison Square Garden. He was recently on Ariel Hawani's MMA show and check this out. Daniel Cormier is just 20 days away from his fight with Derek Lewis at UFC 230 in New York. And this dude still cannot make a fist. He broke his hand in his July knockout of Stipe Miocic. He said his hand is healed. But he said there's some, and I, and I quote, there's some scar tissue over there where the break was. It was like a jam finger and you can't push it down to make it pop. That's where I am. The range of motion is just not completely there. So I think this is a couple of things. 
DC's a savage. He's going in there with still a badly damaged hand to be to fight for a championship, one of the most dangerous men in the world. But I think this also says where they believe he will be. And they, this, they also think this is going to be an easy fight for him. I'm sure the game plan is, look, we're not going to take much damage. Take him down. Beat him up on the ground. Let's probably get a submission. Let's get a quick fight. Let's get in. Let's get out. Again, I'll break that, down, that fight down the closer we get to the match. But that's interesting. DC's hand still isn't healed up. But let's not forget, Derek Lewis is technically supposed to still be under suspension after he got beat up in his last fight two weeks ago. So both men will be compromised going into this match. It should be entertaining. All right. That is going to be our fight news for the day or for the week. Actually, if anything else pops up, we still have a couple episodes. I will absolutely come back and bring that up for you guys. But that's all we have for um, uh, fight news for the week. Moving right along. We have fights this weekend. Remember, Dazzin this weekend as well, like we talked about. Boo Boo Andrade is fighting on Dazzin's platform. It should be a great fight. I will break that fight down. Um, if it was still Billy Joel Saunders, who is widely regarded as a top three middleweight in the world, and I'm talking about boxing, I would break that fight down a little bit more in depth. One week short notice, this should be somebody that Demetrius just runs through. So after the beatdown, I'll talk about it early next week. The important news of the week and the important fights that I really want to get to. Because, like I said before, UFC 229 happened. The next week, Bellator 207 and Bellator 208 happens. Now, this week, we still have an amazing fight card. On NBC Sports, as well on Facebook, the PFL, Pro Fighters League, is doing their PFL 10. And the PFL 10 tournament is going to be the welterweight and middleweight quarterfinals and semifinals in Washington, D.C. So, check this out. Million dollar purse at the end, I believe they, they can get up to 10 million when it's all said and done. That's the purse all the way at the end, which is incredible. To get to the finals at the show at the end of the year, at the New Year's Eve show, to get to the finals, you have to win the tur- you two fights in the tournament in one night. Some old school pride stuff, man. I love it. So check this out. Each fighter. And there's too many fights on this card for me to break down all of them. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you about the fights and the fighters that I'm really looking forward to in the in this fight weekend and the matchups. And I'm going to explain a little bit how the tournament works for the PFL. So the way it's working this week, Saturday night's the card. We have the bracket. There was a 16 man bracket just like it was in any like March Madness. We're down to the lead eight. So this weekend, we have the final eight. And we have the the, uh, final four all in one weekend. 
So after these guys fight, so the strategy for all these fighters should be, let me get this dude up out of here as quickly as I can. As quickly as I can. They need to get him up out of there quick so that they can fight a quote-unquote tougher opponent in these semifinal matchups to get to the finals. Prime example, um, I want to say Lance Stevenson, but he hoops for the Lakers. Um, It'll come to me in a moment, but uh, former team Alpha Male standout, he had to do it uh, two weeks ago. Now, this is the next semifinals. That was for featherweights. Now, we have the welterweights and the um, and the middleweights. So, these are the fights this weekend and the athletes that I am currently looking forward to. Ray Cooper III, with a record of 14-5, and five, is competing against Jake Shields. One of the legends in the MMA game. One of the greatest jujitsu practitioners from the States. Member of the Scrap Pack with Gilbert Melendez and the Diaz brothers. Dude is a a monster. He competed in the uh, UFC for a championship at one point in time against George St. Pierre. He also held the welterweight, the middleweight uh, strike force belt. He actually defeated even Dan Henderson. So Jake Shields is a monster. Jake Shields is coming in as the eighth seed. This should just tell you how solid these competitors the PFL has. And he's fighting against Ray Cooper, who's the number one seed in this tournament. Yo, if you haven't had an opportunity to see Ray Cooper, you need to. Big power, good wrestling. This fight should be really 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 entertaining um at this present moment in time i do have parker winning this fight um that should be a good one look out for that uh the other fight that i'm looking forward to is abis magomed magomedov abis magomedov um i'm gonna be honest with you with all these russians coming in i'm going to have to start taking some classes speaking russian because pronouncing these names is kicking my butt man but uh abis actually um is from dagestan abis actually um fights out of germany he grew up in germany moved to germany when he's 15 years old but he actually fights out of dagestan Guess who stays in his corner and who's one of his corner men and teammates? Dun dun dun. Khabib. Khabib Nurmagomedov is one of his friends, countrymen, and cornermen as well. So this tells you a little bit about Abis. Abis is the number one, the number one seed in the middleweight side of the bracket. Abis, under his own admission, he has said. I am a wrestler, but I have focused strictly on my striking because I know that sells. Abis's record is 19 wins and three losses. If you have not had an opportunity to check Abis out, you need to. And I've actually going, I'll break Abis down a little bit more later on in the week in the show. He is actually this week's prospect alert. So I'll actually break that down later on this week. Um, but he's fighting um, this other dude. Should be really, really um, inter- interesting fight. But all in all, man, um, 
It should be a great card. You also need to watch out for a doomsday. John Howard, a former UFC vet who is always entertaining. Um, he's in a, He has amazing stand-up, big power in both hands and legs. He's from Boston. He's competing on this card. In fact, Jake Pila, who was on episode 38 of the Fight Podcast, is his teammate. And will also be in his corner to this weekend. If you had not had an opportunity to listen to my interview with Jake Pila, we actually talk about his fight with uh, his fight and John's John Howard's fight that is coming up this upcoming weekend. Um, check that out if you have not already. Lewis Taylor is also somebody that we need to uh, look out for. Super tough dude. Um, has fought. For the World Series of Fighting, his fought for the belt. He actually competed against David Branch, who was the World Series of Fighting, which is now the Pro Fighters Leagues. He was their champ champ at 185 pounds and 205. I'm talking about David Branch, who currently fights for the UFC and will be fighting at Madison Square Garden for UFC 230. Should be a very, very entertaining fight. Great fighter. But Lewis Taylor fought against David Branch and gave him everything he handled. So that's another tough guy you need to keep your eye on. But look, man, all in all, this fight card is solid from top to bottom. It's an entertaining fight card. And again, again, this proves to me at least that combat sports is in the best time that it has ever been. Boxing is crushing. Man, they're giving out $365 million contracts. UFC is trying to throw $15 million to Connor. Dyson's tossing money. Bellator's tossing around money. $10 million prize money for um for uh the PFL. Million dollar prizes over at uh Bellator. There's money in the game. People are watching. People are paying attention. And there are some of, if not the greatest skilled fighters that we have ever seen. There's never been a better time to be a sports uh, combat sports fan. I'm telling you. So check that stuff out when we have an opportunity. It's a great weekend of fights. Dazen has a great fight card this weekend, as we've already talked about. Not only does Dazen have a great fight card this weekend, so does um, uh, the PFL. UFC is back with a fight night next week on the 27th. And uh, man, all in all, like I said, it should be another amazing weekend of fights. The PFL is legit. I don't know if you guys know this. They have huge investors and huge people behind the PFL. Kevin Hart, The Rock, and the roster is growing and growing. Up-and-coming prospects are looking at the PFL like a viable option. Jake, who was on the show like I talked about, he said that is what he likes. He is a, a highly touted prospect. And even he's saying he would go to the PFL over some of the other larger organizations. That says a lot. So salute to those guys and everybody involved. Salute to Dazen. You guys are killing it right now. Um, 
I can't wait. <laughs> I can't, man. And look, at the end of the day, man, I'm a fan. I love this. I love talking about combat sports. And look, um, one thing I want to talk about, um, we are getting more and more traction. Uh, people are paying attention to our, our social media page. Communicate with me on social media. We will also later on this week be doing your turn to talk. So if you don't know about this, go on at the Fight Podcast IG page, comment under the post, your turn to talk, leave questions there. I will answer it on the next episode of the Fight Podcast. I do that once a week. So don't forget to go ahead and do that. I want you guys to go ahead and be uh, a part of the show. Um, Hey, man, this is the fight podcast and uh that's about all i got for today it really is um i'm serge vicente thank you so much for joining me today on episode 39 of the fight podcast the fight podcast is brought to you each week by sage eats sage eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring sign up for sage eats at sageeatschicago.com apply promo code fight for 20 percent off of your first three months of your first three months yeah remember to follow the fight podcast on all social media platforms at the fight podcast and follow me at serge vicente support the show by checking us out on the website thefightpodcast.com purchase merch today thank you guys again for joining me on episode 39 of the fight podcast i will see you next time right here until then Peace out.